Hello! Welcome to another episode of Moms Need Wine, the specialist edition. Today I'm talking to Dr. Shweta Nair, a developmental pediatrician, which means apart from being an expert on kids, she's got additional expertise to understand the medical and psychosocial aspects of children's developmental and behavioral problems. She holds two super specialist degrees in pediatrics from the very reputed Christian Medical College in Vellore and has worked with Umeed in Mumbai where she was helping kids with developmental needs. But the best part about her is that, she, is that she's my sister, which is actually pretty awesome for me actually because my life is so much easier with her and my brother-in-law uh, around who's also happens to be a pediatrician. So listen in as she throws some light on how babies communicate and how we must ideally reciprocate. Shweta, what's up? Hi, thanks for the intro. I know, but the, that's the least I could do for all the free medical advice you give me. So I guess it's not a bad thing. That's true too. Yeah, way modest as always. Anyway, I thought I would just pick your brain a little bit to try and understand what does science tell us about babies and. Um, you know how are their brains developing? How do you think they're picking up skills? What are they observing and learning? What are they registering? So, what can you tell us about children in the first two years of their infancy? So, around sixty to seventy percent of the baby's brain is already developed while in utero. That is, while the baby is within the mother's womb, and okay. the rest of the development that is. Uh, the remaining 40% around 30 35% is in the next 2 years that is the first 2 years of the child's life that is infancy from birth till 2 mm-hmm. years is the most crucial 2 years for brain development after which it is only about 4 to 5% which is remaining which will develop through the course of childhood so it's okay important that we give the right amount of stimulation right amount right supportive environment for a child to develop during the first 2 years And in the first 6 months what what would the ideal scenario be ideal stimulation or environment be for a baby so putting it in very simple terms life for a baby basically starts like a blur right and slowly hmm. slowly the blur gets resolved and things start to seem more clearer whether we take it hmm. in respect with uh, hearing in respect with vision development in respect with language development it is all a mix initially it's all a mess messy mix mm-hmm. and slowly slowly mm-hmm. uh, the clarity improves be it with vision be it with words things become more and more specific mm-hmm. as their brain develops or as their cognition improves okay. as they understand okay. improves. so then it's not necessary that like like a lot of parents come asking oh what all toys should i buy for my child you know what will provide the right amount of uh, input uh, to the child what is actually good for the vision what is actually good to improve alertness uh i wouldn't encourage buying a lot of toys spending a lot of money on all these fancy toys you can make a lot mm-hmm. of great toys basically what is important and what is lacking in today's times is time quality time with the parents right mm-hmm. so we need to actively intervene actively keep responding to the child's cues a lot of time you see that uh parents are busy working on their laptops i i understand most parents are working these days and the child is going on mumbling babbling something in the background and then they just give a very passive hmm 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 not that we should turn on yeah. we should respond to the child imitate what the child is saying 
try and make sense, decipher what the child is saying, so that a conversation is built, so that the child also feels more secure that okay, somebody is paying attention to me, right? So mm. how does a parent mm. coming, coming to uh, how does a child know that this is my parent? Like I could be spending as much time with Ari as you are, but how does Ari differentiate who is his mother, right? It's only when mm-hmm. you provide him that amount of conf- uh, comfort and protectiveness that he realizes, oh, this is my mother and this is my aunt. Right. Mm-hmm. What I yeah. So yeah. extra. Yeah. You were saying? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what I uh, was trying to understand is so a little bit you go the extra mile the parent or the mother has to go an extra mile to kind of comfort the child so that the child knows okay this is my safe place yes and more so uh, I mean uh, yes the child obviously picks up that this is his mother but the father has to put the extra effort oh hmm. that is interesting because for the mother, it is hormonal. It is obvious that you have harbored the child within you for nine months. So that protective instinct immediately comes for the mother as soon as the child is in her arms. Mm-hmm. The father, mm-hmm. not as quickly. Yes, it does come. But the father starts responding once the child starts giving cues, like holding the father's finger, pulling the father. Mm-hmm. So for that, the father mm-hmm. should be equally responsive. Mm-hmm. So... Uh... That is very interesting to me. Now tell me something. In the case of adoption, how would that work? Yeah, so every child, see a child does not come to the world knowing that these are my parents, right? So at an Mm. earlier age, at an impressionable age, if I may coin it like that, at an impressionable age, if you make the child feel secure, if you make the child feel loved, the child will obviously respond to you in the same way. But mm-hmm. if you make the child feel isolated or uh, like a sore thumb, like you're not fitting in, if you make the child feel that even at an earlier age, trust me, this will last for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by making the child uh, feel like he doesn't fit in? Um, like, I generally do not understand how a parent would uh, do that. I mean, let's say we are talking nuclear families, right? So there will be a maximum of, in most cases, is maximum of four people. In some cases, it might be five people, right? Where the kids are around two or three. So in that case, how would a baby be made to feel like a sore thumb? I mean, uh, are they capable of picking up cues like that? Like, I do not fit in here? Yeah, so for example, I'll, I'll give you both the uh, examples. Number one, suppose you're talking about a nuclear family. There's a father, there's a mother, and there's a child, right? Yeah. After you go, uh, I'm giving you the uh, odd situation, not the normal situation where the child can feel left out. One is you give an extra yeah. special treatment. Like, for example, if you and I are the parents, we both are treating each yeah. other normally. But when it comes to the third person, which is the child, oh, do you want this? Why don't you have this? But I'm not treating you the same way. You're not treating me the same way. But when it comes to the child, we are putting too much pressure, too much focus on the child. So the child feels, why am I being treated differently? Right? Oh. Number one, Mm -hmm. that. Secondly, if I am isolating the child and I'm like, okay, come to the side. I need to talk to you. Okay, there are some things which only the adults can share. But if everything is being done in that sense, they feel isolated. Then why am I not part of the conversation? Oh, okay. Involved so, as normally, like for example, again, taking example of Ari, 
if he is mm-hmm. in the room you may if, the, if there are some things that you need not you wouldn't want him to hear you can talk to uh, talk to uh, ari's father that is chandu in private but on the contrary if you will want to involve ari in most things right make him feel yeah. part of the family you wouldn't keep him in a side and talk to him only baby talk you will talk to talk in to talk to chandu also while ari is in the room that makes him feel part of the family itself right so if you mm-hmm. talk in a different way to ari's father or uh, you raise your voice or obviously hurl abuses or any of that sort they realize mm-hmm. that oh, this is the way i am supposed to behave when i'm angry because you and ari's father are ari's role models at this point right mm. so they think that oh when i get angry also i am supposed to raise my voice i am supposed to grow red i am supposed to throw things they will they will mirror you and mm. i that gets embarrassing because a child doesn't know how to mask it right when you mm. in a public place and if suppose you have an outburst you know how to mask it whereas a child doesn't hmm hmm you should try mm. and control your tempers be very mindful of what you're speaking in front of a child irrespective of the age because trust me the child observes much more than what you realize mm. 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 so at what age is it acceptable to whack the kid i did not feel asking for answering that question because i know i must see so like i'm just Yeah. yeah like i said uh, i do not advise or i do not uh, promote physical punishment in any form right because mm-hmm. you do not know how it will scar the child there are so many other forms of uh, reprimanding the child before it comes mm-hmm. to physical punishment why don't you try all that before even considering physical punishment almost to a point where you might not need physical punishment what are those i don't even know those <laughs> so uh, you can give uh, like i said see the rewards you know of course you can give a tangible reward you can give a praise you can give a hug you can give a uh, you can give some uh, goodie like say a trophy or a star or like a mm-hmm. like okay a week of good behavior uh, you are mm-hmm. rewarded with a movie day you know or a day out in the park mm-hmm. all these are rewards whereas what do you talk about okay. you talk about punishments it could be something like a time out yes you behaved badly see children do not like to be ignored you will you, you will definitely oh. agree with this more than anybody else they do not like to be ignored if they are awake they would like to be the center of attention right so you can get something like a time out like okay yeah you have behaved badly now for an hour neither of us neither your father nor me neither of us are going to be looking at you or interacting with you right oh. that is very upsetting for a child that is one second ignore ignore the tantrum and move on third suppose oh. they have broken a toy right these are oh. suppose they have broken a toy and you know they are demanding for a new toy do not get them a new toy because they are understanding that i have broken it hence i cannot play with it hmm right the another thing is you take away something that is for example mm. uh, behave badly you mm. ideally so you have to have a fixed schedule to begin with so suppose the child behave badly today for half an hour his play time is reduced and if you do this mm. continually for 2 to 3 days they begin to notice the time change that okay today my mom is oh. with me away for dinner sooner than expected mm-hmm. so these so are even at this age 
like are you only 13 months old so if let's say he is throwing a tantrum for television these days that's what he is throwing a tantrum for mm-hmm. and uh, i generally i try and distract him uh, i've never really uh, tried the method of ignoring him mm-hmm. uh, there's also the second case of you know where he is hitting i don't think he means to hurt when he's hitting but you know his uh, slaps really hurt us in the face <laughs> so we kind of want to uh i don't know try and make him understand that that is not the thing to do mm-hmm. and so at this age at the age of 13 months do you think it would work where either for tv or the you know uh, the time he hits one of us if mm-hmm. we ignored him or if we did not talk to him for a little while do you think he'll pick up on that too and know that this is not to be done so when you for a child as young as ari at least time out mm-hmm. can be used that he's behaving mm-hmm. badly but you need to condition a child to this right so mm-hmm. just by doing it one day and then the next day you're back to normal he will not realize what you've done with him right so suppose mm-hmm. he's thrown a tantrum say uh, he's sitting on the couch throwing a tantrum as in he's demanding for the tv to be put right so both mm-hmm. of you walk out of that room it's not like he can switch it on himself come back after an hour when he one would have calmed down himself secondly mm. for all you know may have forgotten that this is what he wanted so come back to him after an hour keep other toys beside him so that he can get distracted by himself so this strategy okay. of time out is will is what will work at his age okay 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 the i'm going to try that i'm just going to hope out. that he doesn't follow me <laughs> the other thing Because is like withholding privileges yeah. or delaying privileges he needs to be a bit more older for that say 3 to 4 years ish Hmm, hmm hmm okay all right so i'm going to go back um, a little bit uh, to the part where you said you know you need to also uh, be talking to the child right having a sort mm-hmm. having some sort of a conversation yes uh, with the child to keep them engaged so um, at this point ari is still just babbling right so yeah. should i be mimicking those sounds back to him or should i be speaking in normal language hoping that he understands and he picks it up what should i be doing Okay, so at this stage, just for uh, everybody else, can you tell us what all does Ari speak? What all does Ari understand? Understands all the things that are important to him. For example, he understands TV. He understands balcony. He understands uh, Kobe, which is our friend's pet dog. Uh, mm-hmm. He understands pigeons, and uh, yeah, so these are the things he uh, responds to. So I am a hundred percent sure he knows these. now there are probably other things he understands but uh, he doesn't really react much oh he understands books as well mm-hmm. he is very happy to play with books and his cards and his balls and etc these are the things he understands um, in terms of how he uh, communicates for example if he wants to go out into the balcony he'll come and sort of tug at my clothes he will uh, and if i'm seated on the couch he'll come behind me and he'll try to push me off the couch to get me to stand and then he will go towards the balcony if he wants me to start the tv he'll hand over the remote uh, to me and you know i'm expected to do that if i keep the remote away again he'll come and give it to me mm. right so those are his uh, ways of communicating but apart from that uh, let's say if he's reading a book on his own is just ah, blah 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 mm. and uh, uh, sometimes early in the morning when he's just woken up and uh, sometimes he's talking to me sometimes he's talking to himself but is mostly just ah, blah 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 the things that he says is he says mama he says uh, papa for pigeon and mm-hmm. he says baba for uh, doggy and uh, 
yeah so these are basically the three things that he says but rest of all is just uh, blah 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 so should should i take two approaches sometimes i am just mimicking what he's saying and i try and uh, you know talk in the same baby language second thing is i actually ask questions in our language in a proper adult language saying that oh is that what happened oh what do you think of that oh is this what you want uh, you know things like that so yeah so am i striking a balance or what should i be doing uh you are on the right track okay so as far as ari's language is concerned you can see hmm. that he is understanding much more than he is speaking which is what should be the case normally as well you understand yeah. that this is how an apple looks like before you start calling hmm. it an apple right okay hmm. yeah on track for that he's understanding simple requests he's using uh, like partial words for certain things like say papa for pigeon so at least a part hmm. of the word has come in he is using a few gestures hmm. from what i know he's understanding names hmm. of certain familiar objects he's using the names of certain familiar objects so as far as we are concerned right now his development so far is on track his language hmm. what hmm. will you do to promote him promote his language development even further whenever we talk to a child make sure make sure see at this age children learn by imitation hmm okay make sure you're face to face with the child always right in front of them beside the child and i'm saying something because the child also needs to pick up my lip movements hmm, hmm. okay when you're trying to uh, when you are say uh, showing something or uh, hmm. what i generally tell a lot of uh, families visiting me if in case hmm. they have a speech delay is that whenever you're free during the day also in case of speech delay hmm. especially make the hmm. child sit on your lap face a mirror hmm. and talk to the child hmm. so the child number hmm. one in case the child avoids <laughs> eye contact the child will look at his or her mirror reflection right hmm. and try to imitate the sounds that they are seeing on the reflection so no, you know you are okay. still face to face with the child okay hmm. another thing let us not ramble on so many words focus on hmm. one word like for example you are saying ari is still at the one word stage right so hmm. i can't say this is a red apple expecting him to learn red and apple no cannot happen i need to show him one specific thing speak it out slowly apple apple repeated a couple of times till he gets the hang of apple before introducing a color concept which is red okay okay and keep emphasizing okay, it, it slowly because we, for us it is a conversation we can ramble on as fast as we want but for a child to grasp yes. it slowly and break the word if you need to apple apple you know and another thing is have as much see if it's a quiet environment that the child is growing up hmm. likely that the child speech also will be uh, picked up at a lesser space lesser pace than a child who is growing up in a environment which is a lot of conversation because there are a lot of sensory inputs coming in so hmm. other uh, tip that i give a lot of my family who visit me is that have a conversation even if you are just husband and wife common things that you know that need not be said you will have to say so that the child like i said observes everything around the child so can you pass me the chapati i need some water give me the bottle you know say such things so the child also picks up at least one or two words in this 
10 worded sentence okay i have a question here uh, now what is happening is uh, we are um, in a trilingual household okay where you know we have a mother tongue and uh, you know ari's father and i we uh, talk in english and hindi mm-hmm. right uh, we don't converse with each other in our mother tongue however we are both talking to ari in our mother tongue okay. uh, so he happens to be uh, it's just something that uh, we are not uh, trying it's just something that comes naturally to us for mm-hmm. us to converse in hindi and english amongst ourselves mm-hmm. so in this case do you think it can be confusing for ari because uh, what he hears us talking is very different from what we are telling him uh okay this is a very very commonly asked question considering current uh, current scenario where people are living in many these mm-hmm. multiple languages comes naturally whether you like it or not right mm-hmm. so research shows that children who are exposed to multiple languages in fact they adapt mm-hmm. much better to the environment okay it mm-hmm. also increases their ability the child's ability to pick up more than one language hmm hmm and but only only uh, drawback to this is that for example for uh, water ari might end hmm. up saying vellam at one point hmm. or hmm. Uh, pani or say water might pick up any hmm. of the three words however it's okay because you understand all these things in case hmm. of a normally developing child the only there are no disadvantages to that the only advantage is that they'll be more adaptable to environmental changes but in case of a hmm. child who has difficulty in language in speech and language hmm. there i would encourage using only one language so as to not give more input hmm. than the child can actually take and generally i encourage that language to be english because most likely in the school it is going to be english the primary language yeah yeah but tell me something i feel the child is going to pick up english anyway because you know he is going to end up he or she is going to end up going to school and that is the most common language used there so yes. then in his early years shouldn't i be promoting more of my mother tongue because this is the only chance where you know this is the only place where he gets to like pick, i said pick it up the uh, the brain develops maximum in the first two years of life so maximum language yeah. exposure maximum language being picked up all that happens in the first two years as we are aging even okay. for us picking up languages is not as easy as it used to be hmm so hmm. this thing goes for the child as well so if you are exposing him with multiple languages you might as well do it earlier on so the child is going to expect it coming later on as well otherwise once the child okay. gets comfortable only in a certain language it's going to be difficult to pull him out of this language and force another language on him okay okay so you also told me uh, you know that you tell families uh, who have uh, kids who have difficulty learning languages at what point in time do will i know that my child is finding it difficult to pick up a language see at this point in time what i have been doing also so far mm-hmm. i look at him and i say some words aloud and i try and pronounce it slowly and i see him observing my lips and tongue i see it mm-hmm. uh you know because we are in such close quarters mm-hmm. but he doesn't always repeat after me true for example that day we were telling him asking him to say pal and mm-hmm. he said pan but that was just one of situation rest of the time he observes me very carefully my lip movements my tongue movements he looks at my eyes and he hears it but it's not always that he repeats it some days 
not some days most days he chooses to not repeat it right that is the stage that i am at right now going forward also probably in the next 6 to 8 months at what point in time do uh, you know is it a red flag for me where i say oh you know what he is finding it difficult to pick up languages maybe i should uh, you know try and keep the language spoken at home to maximum one or two instead of going you know doing all three at what point is that become important that becomes see the primary motive right now for a child as young as one one and a half is not picking up multiple mm-hmm. languages it's more about the normal uh, language being developed so right now he is at a two three vo- uh, word vocabulary stage the next thing that we need by the time he's two is that he should start saying two word phrases like amma come okay. or go aise okay. two word phrases then that should build on to two word sentence not a phrase a sentence then a three word phrase and a four year old roughly should be able to say short sentences around three to four worded sentences right so as long as this language is developing the right way how many ever languages you expose him to it is fine however you see that there's a lag lag in the language development then you refrain from exposing multiple languages okay okay got it got it also you were saying that uh, you uh, you ask him to repeat a certain thing or rather imitate a word right more than that try and have yes. a conversation yes. with him for example you said that he says uh, per per pigeon you know he's referring to a pigeon right then you start describing something about the pigeon like oh pigeon bye pigeon bye bye which means he figures that a pigeon went off right so you're oh, using yeah. a word as well then asking him to imitate it so you are repeating the already known word and you are introducing a new word do you see what you are doing there yeah yeah got Plus, it got it so i'm trying to associate meaning to the second word rather than have him repeat it yes yes because he will master okay. the word eventually but you are also putting in new words into his vocabulary hmm hmm okay okay that is also information new piece of information for me now tell me something in terms of activity uh, right some kids are just generally more active than the others and uh, even before i became a mother i have heard these terms thrown very loosely around uh, hyperactivity uh, you know attention deficiency disorder uh, at what point in time do i know okay my child doesn't have too much of an attention span you know it might be time for me to have an intervention there or you know are they too uh, hyperactive you know are they not able to calm down uh, what are these you know how would you define them at what point is uh, should it be a concern so rightly said a lot of people even uh, say medicos non medicos everybody uses this term of hyperactivity very loosely little realizing yeah. that parents who actually have children with say attention deficit or an adhd attention deficit hyperactivity disorder they really mm. have to struggle and uh, try and make uh, try and manage a lot of things right mm. so for them it is a real struggle little realizing their struggle people use these terms very loosely very uh, loosely fine so when do you know this is an actual problem where you need to mm. seek help yes a child can it, uh, the usual norm is that boys are generally physically very hyperactive whereas girls are uh, more talkative right hmm. actually hmm. speaking attention deficit hyperactivity disorder has all of this as well 
the girls hmm. so there is inattention component there is hyperactivity component as well there is mix of inattention and hyperactivity right hmm. so in a hmm. child when do you know that this is problematic or this may be problematic in the future very simply put again when it starts affecting the day to day life activities for example hmm. you see that especially in school going children now the child is too young the child is still exploring a child as young as ari say 1 1 1/2 years is still hmm. curious about the environment is still learning things hmm. by touching licking by you know seeing things so that is why he is physically very active any child of his hmm. age would be physically very active or trying to break things dismantle things refix things because they are generally very curious about things but hmm. when you put them into a school you see that it is difficult to regulate these children that is they are hmm. just not able to grasp new things they are just hmm. not able to pay attention to anything you being taught to them so even in schools oh. even say play schools hmm. the the curriculum is designed in such a way that that child can only take so much a child of that age can normally only take so much in a day i can't bombard hmm. huge textbooks to a small child obviously right hmm. curriculum is designed such but however when a child faces difficulty in that or a child has a young child you not expect them to be extremely forgetful extremely careless so when you see an uh, aberration from the normal then you hmm. realize that there is something going amiss probably the hmm. hyperactivity or probably the easy easy distractibility or inattentiveness is what is contributing to this so there are fixed guidelines fixed uh, criteria by the american academy of pediatrics which is generally followed so for a child again mm-hmm. even for us developmental pediatricians i i could say that yes this child may have hyperactivity or inattentiveness or mm-hmm. may have a bit of both but first of all i need to rule out mm-hmm. if there are any other factors contributing to it like say if there is a hearing difficulty or if there is a visual mm-hmm. difficulty if there is a correctable cause of this i should do that first but before i stamp a diagnosis of adhd the child should be at a functional age of 7 years oh okay yes. yeah so uh, only if it's an extreme case where it hampers their daily activities yes. is it actually yes you know can uh, defined as a hyperactive child or a child with an adhd otherwise like i said multiple factors like hearing vision sometimes underlying seizures or sometimes an underlying mm-hmm. learning disorder i'm having difficulty learning a particular thing probably math mm-hmm. is not my thing probably english is not my thing i am just not able to comprehend what is told it's obvious mm-hmm. i'll be easily distracted because i'm not able to understand so either you simplify it for me so that i can pay attention or else there could be another root cause which needs to be evaluated and treated at the earliest mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Got it. Wow. That's a lot of information for me, Shweta. Thank you so much for coming and giving us so much load of information. I think it's going to be very useful for first-time mothers like me. I think we'll connect again. Sure. Sorry. You're always welcome. Of course, I'm welcome for free. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So I thought we could uh, have another round of conversation sometime later, where we delve into something uh, that's your specialty even more, where there are kids on the spectrum, because a lot of us are clueless about what the spectrum is, uh, what constitutes as a disability or a differently uh, abled kid, uh, mm-hmm. what are the different ranges, all of that. So we could connect again for that round of conversations. But thank you again for helping me out here. 
and thank you for, for continuing me. to help thank you so much thank you bye yeah. see you bye